Uh, we're going to get into the questions here. Doc, you ready to roll? I'm ready to roll. All right, let's do this. I'm going to start with a question around vitamins. Is the refrigerator the best place to store vitamins? And then it goes on to say also, if vitamins have been open for several months, they were used briefly during an illness but not finished, are they still effective until the expiration date? Um, I know a lot of people are thinking very similar stuff. What's your thoughts on this? Yeah, especially, you know, the fridge is a good place for them, especially fish oil. Um, I always tell people if you, if you take a fish oil tablet and it tastes like you're burping fish, it tastes rancid or you cut into them and it's rancid smelling, that's not a really good fish oil. Plus, some people get a little bit of a weird taste anyway with any of them. So I recommend they put those in the freezer mm. and take them straight out of the freezer and they won't have the fishy taste, but usually it's a bad omega in that case. But yeah, you can keep them in your fridge. And, you know, really the vitamins may lose a little bit of potency, um, like any medication. If they're beyond their expiration date, but you know, that really doesn't bother me a whole lot. There was just a recent study on that that showed it might lose 1% over three years. So they're generally pretty safe, you know, even if they're a little bit beyond their expiration date, I will still take it. Um, but uh, yeah, or, or a cool place, you know, just don't leave them in the sun. And, and uh, you know, it could possibly cause some problems, but um, it's going to be hard to uh, harm a vitamin, I think, um, in general. All right, it's a great question. Thank you for sending that in. Uh, and this is this might be a, a Katie and Carter question. Um, hi, Ben. My question this week is, will you be having any Valentine's Day specials slash sales? Um, I know we're doing the, the lip sips and hips. Um, and we got we got some of the team. We got Montana in here. We've got a lot of the crew. So uh, if you guys can kind of put in the comments what we're doing in the offices, if we're doing anything for Valentine's Day. Uh, but thank you. I'll, I'll kind of keep this. Uh, I'll put this back up as we get more uh, info from from Katie and everybody. Let's get to this question here. I had an upper respiratory infection in December with two ear infections. Goes on to say, I did a round of antibiotics and the infection cleared up. I haven't haven't felt the same since uh, the infection as I now have ringing in my ears and a hearing test. No hearing loss. Nothing obstructing the ears. Okay, so the question is. Is there anything I can take that would get viruses out of the body that linger? I hope I I hope I um, wrote that down right. Does that make sense to you, Pop? Yeah. Um, you know, so you've had two ear infections following a sinus infection is the way I'm taking that. You know, um, you know, it may have started out as a virus, and um, you can sometimes get bacterial infections on top of a virus. And if your middle ear is involved, which is the definition of an ear infection, middle ear infection, as opposed to an outer ear canal infection, which is like we call a swimmer's ear, um, there's usually fluid behind the, the middle ear, behind the uh, eardrum. And you can kind of see it as being red and bulging. It doesn't move much when you... Uh, do this little test with it. Um, you know, you probably just never cleared up from the original one. Sometimes with ears, it takes a while, maybe more than 
you know, a 10 day course of antibiotics for it. So uh, my worry is that it's still a bacterial infection and that you need more antibiotics and maybe even some other things to open up that eustachian tube, uh, like some steroids. You know, you may need a round of steroids, both orally and intranasally as well as some more antibiotics. You just don't want to let it go so that it does scar your eardrum down then it may affect your hearing and then cause tinnitus and dizziness and other things that can follow. So I wouldn't ignore it. Um, you might even want to use a decongestant um, to open up that uh, eustachian tube a little bit too. But um, make sure somebody looks at the eardrum that is used to treating um, recurrent ear infections. I've even had um, some people have to get ear tube because of it, even an adult. Um, so make sure somebody's looking into that and you don't uh, linger too much. As far as vitamins and supplements, I always like vitamin D, C, and zinc. Um, if you have a problem with your immunity, uh, get on some NAC and quercetin and those type things. Or remember D, C, and zinc are very good for you. And I will, um, I will say they, they went on to say um, they've started taking NAC 1500 a day and feel some improvement. Uh, so they're, they're asking a few more about how long can they take NAC and how much can I take to see if that will help. Uh, and they've also said, yeah. read that antivirals also help with viruses that can cause ringing in ears. So any thoughts on this? Ringing in the ears is tough no matter what yeah. you do. Um, you know... You can try an antiviral. The, the NAC should help some for your immunity, at least 600 milligrams to a thousand is the usual dose that I put people on. Um, you can take it for prolonged periods of time. Some people say you ought to give it breaks two or three times a year, and that's usually what I do personally. Um, I don't take NAC all the time because I want it to work when you know I need it for something like long COVID or um, something, you know, to boost the immune system. You're not getting enough sleep. You're getting sick too often, that type of thing. But um, NAC is a wonderful uh, supplement that's certainly in my uh, immune complex that, uh, that I have several things in that that, that works really well. Mm. Um, but uh, Yeah, that's, a, that, that's something that you know, we'll probably continue to talk more about because I've, I've heard a lot of complaints about ringing in the ears. Um, I, gosh, I think mom had that for a little bit, didn't she? Some she has it, still has it. Yeah. yeah. People that are musicians or around a lot of loud noises have tinnitus a lot. And um, I've heard of some people taking antivirals. Uh, another supplement that may help is pycnogenol uh, for tinnitus. Sometimes that'll work. But, uh, it's a tough problem. Definitely glad you got your hearing checked. Yeah. Um, but it can be a tough problem. All right. Thank you for that question. This is an NAD plus, uh, plus question. Uh, because the NAD plus is such an expensive supplement, wondering if it would still be beneficial to take every other day or if it definitely needs to be daily to work. What's your thoughts on this? No, I think you can take it every other day. Okay. It is kind of expensive, kind of like NR. Uh, nicotine riboside is another one uh, that's that's pretty effective. But, uh, yeah, I mean, 
it certainly gives you energy. I like NAD. It's a really good supplement. Uh, it's supposed to help the aging process. You know, it's not going to be up there on the level of a rapamycin, but certainly for um, an over-the-counter supplement, it's a, it's a pretty good one. Mm. All right, let's get to this is a little more detailed question. What are the appropriate amounts of vitamin K2, MK4, and MK7 for bone health? Also, do we need do we need both, or is one of them specifically better for bones? I've, I like the MK7 at 180 milligrams um, is the one that's been shown, I think, to work the best. So that's what I use is the um, D with K2 specifically, uh, the 180 milligrams of MK7. And I, everything I've read shows that that's the most potent form for bones. All right. Thank you for that. Let's go to uh, next one here. It came on Instagram. Can exercise and low-carb dieting raise AST and ALT liver function tests? Um, I don't think that's a real common thing. You know, usually it's the exact opposite. Um, you know, getting overweight, fatty liver, um, alcohol. That's what I think about when I see mm. some of those things popping up a little bit. Um so I just don't think you can put that much pressure on your liver through exercise or low carb dieting. Mm. Um, maybe if you went keto for a long time, it might affect it a little bit, but I just don't see that in practice too much. Oh. It's usually more the opposite. All right. Thank you for that. This is another one that came in over on Instagram. If thyroid dose is too high, can that cause HGB to be mildly elevated? Hemoglobin, which is your red blood cell count. I was gonna. I was wondering what um, that was. Okay. You know, of course, you always need to look at your the, your labs on your thyroid if you're taking a thyroid medication. Um, it, it certainly can throw other things off on your blood markers, especially cholesterol. It can really throw your cholesterol off a little bit. Mostly if it's too low a dose, it can falsely elevate your cholesterol. A lot of times I'll see somebody with a really high cholesterol. And the whole problem was that they had hypothyroidism. Um, but for your red blood cell to be thick, um, I don't see that too much either. I do see dehydration causing your hemoglobin to be elevated. Smoking certainly causes it. Um, of course, hormone replacement can cause it as well. Um, I'm just trying to think through the mechanism that, you know, if you're a little hyperthyroid, would it cause your blood to be a little thick? Um, and I just don't see that too much. Mm. Um, again, Make sure you're taking the right dose of thyroid. If it's too high, you're going to have more dangers. You're going to have heart palpitations and arrhythmias, nervousness, weight, weight loss, anxiety, those type of things. All right. Um, this is a, a one I haven't heard of. Uh, my doctor thinks I have gastroparesis. He said my hypothyroidism may be a cause of gastroparesis paresis Pare gastroparesis 
I, I'm laughing because you I, almost had it right. You almost <laughs> had it right. I even got sent directions on how to pronounce that word. Uh, so you know who you are. <laughs> you did everything right. I just messed that up. Uh, gastroparesis. How? Uh, what is go. it? How is it caused by hypothyroidism, which we just talked a little bit about? And what treatments are recommend, uh, recommended? Yeah, what that means is really delayed gastric emptying. It's really when your stomach um, doesn't empty the contents that you've just eaten into your small intestine. Um, you know, we see it pretty often. I mean, there can be some different causes for it. Uh, one way the medicines like Ozempic work is by delaying gastric emptying. In that case, you want it. But there's, there's some medical conditions too, like hypothyroidism, that can certainly cause it. Hypothyroidism, you know, is a slowing of your meta metabolism. So it makes sense that it would slow down uh, gastric emptying because the muscles that stimulate the uh, contract in the stomach move it through. Uh, but it can be pretty severe. Uh, gastroparesis can be really a bad thing to have. I've seen people have to end up getting a feeding tube. Um, I've seen people have to get electronic stimulators put in there to uh, cause the muscle contractions. That's usually severe cases, but, um, you know, that's an interesting question uh, because it's probably underdiagnosed. Uh, you know, diabetics get it a lot because you get, if it's uncontrolled diabetes, you have nerve damage and, those nerves that stimulate those muscle contractions in your stomach can be damaged and it won't move food through. And you can, you can get uh, these big chunks of fibrous food called bezoars that will not move. And that's sometimes, sometimes I have to go in there and take them out. Um, so other causes of gastroparesis besides medications, hypothyroidism, diabetes, scleroderma, um, Parkinson's patients, they, you know, motor skills are slow, including the autonomic nervous system, your vagus nerve. It, if it gets damaged somehow through surgery or radiation for something that can cause it. Um, that's why you see some cancer patients having that. Um, so the, the treatment usually, well, I think Reglan metoclopramide that's that's a medicine we usually use for it it can have some side effects that you don't like um other medicines sometimes we use nausea medicines for it um like zofran um Finergan, less often because it makes you real drowsy but um certainly uh, it's probably underdiagnosed. um People can get into a problem with that. You, you don't want to eat because you're full all the time. Um, you could lose too much weight. You, you could become malnourished with that. So it is a problem that needs to be looked at. Sometimes the GI guys will look at your stomach and and by the appearance of it, they can kind of tell. Or they can even do a, uh, a radioactive test where they, they put some radioactive iodine in your food, have you eat it and then measure it um, with a machine that counts uh, the radioactive part. It's in the food and see how fast it moves through. They can 
scintillography or something like that. I haven't ordered one in years, but um, so it's an interesting subject. So you definitely have it with hypothyroidism, diabetes, very common causes of it. Um, so you want to get to why it's, why it's happening and correct that because it can get severe. That's a great question. Great topic. Uh, thank you for putting that in. Uh, Sean, I see you. Thank you so much for, for being with us tonight. Uh, let's get to got one more question, guys, and then we're going to take live questions. So if you have a question for Dr. Rogers and you're with us live, go ahead and put that in the comments. We're going to get to uh, every single one, hopefully tonight. Uh, for someone who does drink a lot of water throughout the day, is it normal slash expected to get up once during the night to go to the bathroom, or should I be able to sleep through the entire night without getting up? Um, what's your thoughts? I, I know that's this is a really a common, common yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's so common. Almost everybody does it, um, especially as you get older, um, you know, or have prostate problems, overactive bladder, like that. But so if it happens once during the night, it's not bad, but if it happens more than once, you need to really slow down on what you drink at night. I certainly do. Um, Good that's, question, though. that's something that I, I know a lot of people deal with. So thank you for putting that in. There's definitely some strategies uh, that can help with that. Uh, <coughs> yes, uh, Shauna, we are taking live questions now. Uh, welcome in, Leslie. Uh, so good to have you with us. Uh, Shauna, thank you for uh, bringing some friends. Uh, so, yeah, we're getting ready to take live questions, everybody. Um, and let's see where we should start. Uh, you guys are so sweet, man. Th this is like, this is like my favorite thing to do. I, I need to figure out a way to have all my birthdays, uh, around one of, one of, uh, our shows. <laughs> so thank getting you. a lot of birthday wishes tonight. Jim. I'm getting so much love. This is like, oh my gosh. Thank you guys. Thank you. Uh, Steve, I see you brother. Thank you, man. Uh, Lucille from Mexico. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Um, okay. Let's see um, where we're at. Let's get to Roel on YouTube. Uh, doctor, my wife started taking saffron. Should she take it every day or should she skip a day during the week? Um, you know, I really think even with vitamins, that if you skip one day a week, I think it's better. You just won't get as tolerant to it. Um, so I, I like skipping vitamins uh, once a week. You can switch off the different ones that you skip, but... Um, I love saffron. I put two or three people on it today. I love saffron. All right, let's be. Let's make sure we, we show Robert some love when she when he heads to the the Kingsport office uh, tomorrow. Uh, Sheila, uh, Sheila. Oh, good. Uh, hope you guys have a a wonderful uh, uh, visit in the Kingsport office. Thank you for being Robert here. Dodd. You know when I think I see that name, I think of Bobby Dodd. Bobby Dodd. Sure who do. Grew up in Kingsport and the famous. Um, Football player and later football coach at Georgia Tech. Yeah, and um, his brother actually lived right down the street from me. Really? At one point, yeah, when I was a little kid. So, uh, he's really well known around Georgia Tech. I whenever I go down there, I see him all over the place. I see Kathy's uh, got her blood draw for the Cleveland. She's going to be here in May. Super cool, Kathy. Thank you for sharing. Um, let's see. Let's get to one on Facebook. Um, Barbara's asking, tell me the benefits of taking saffron. Uh, I know we have a lot of saffron fans, uh, here, uh, in the comments. Uh, so if you guys have a good experience with saffron, please put it in, uh, for Barbara here. Uh, what's your thoughts on this, Pop? 
Well, I use it for mainly for two things. One is for weight loss. It seems to curb your appetite a little bit, but it, it's really good to, as an anti-anxiety and antidepressant. Um, it's been shown to be as effective as Prozac for depression, and certainly it's much safer to take for anxiety than you know something like Xanax or Ativan or Valium. So it's just a really good all-round. I'd say more people take it uh, just for mood, being a better mood and, and all, than weight loss. But um, we've had pretty good luck with weight loss mm. on it too. It's kind of an indirect way, but um, it's a great. It's 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 a spice actually. It's the world's most expensive spice. That's wild. But you know the capsule form, which usually has a pinkish tint to it, is not that expensive. Um, but I like taking saffron. I take it. All right, Barbara. Hope, hopefully that helps. And we'll, um, um, if, if you have, uh, if anyone's had a, a, a good experience with saffron or negative, uh, put in the comments for Barbara. Let's get to Mark's question on YouTube on relations and help, um, health. That's a, had to do with the podcast episode we put out today on the Common Sense MD. How much of the loneliness can be attributed to a lack of old-fashioned one-on-one interaction being replaced with increased use of social media uh anything yeah. you found in that study that study is is fascinating yeah i really liked it you know they mentioned in that study that the average american spends um 11 hours a day on media including mm. tv smartphones and computers 11 hours a day that's just unbelievable i mean it's just i don't think it's good for people mm. it's not good for your brain it's not good for your eyes it's terrible for relationships you know, you watch families that are eating out at a restaurant and everybody's on their phone looking at it, no interactions. I mean, you really need relationships. Um, and it may be up there with, or maybe even more important than what you eat or your exercise. It's just keeping good relationships and interacting with other humans. We're social creatures. We need that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. It's just it's awful the way things are going with uh, with the media and social media and all this. I know we're doing it here tonight, but you don't need to spend all your time on a computer looking at Facebook and all this stuff. But well, I, I I think if anything, it should be it should be an added to. So I think you you can use. Um, social media to, uh, bring about, you know, in-person stuff, one-on-ones. And uh, I think it's really important. Yeah. That's where you used to get all your dates, isn't it? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Um, but, but I think, I, I think it's really important, uh, especially, you know, in this day and age when so much of our lives are, uh, or inside of a feed, it's really important who you follow. And, um, I think it can't, I, I think it's fair to say like who you follow is kind of like, you know, uh, kind of how your life is going to be can dictate a lot of what you think. And, um, so staying around positive people, following, um, people who have healthy, positive things to say, I think is really important, but, uh, it's a great comment there, Mark. And, um, and I, I think, you know, for one, what I took from that, episode today is is just the importance of investing in uh relationships with with family 
um, uh, really investing in friendships, uh, because it seemed that the people who did that well early um, were the happiest and healthiest, you know, once they got into their 80s. Um, so that's what I took out. I had, of a, I had a wonderful, I had a wonderful patient yesterday who told me that she has developed a practice of, she buys these cards and she sends once a week, she sends a note to somebody that, um, it's kind of an out of the blue note to somebody saying how grateful she is that they did something or that they're the, her friend or, you know, just a, just a note. And it really has helped her and it's helped those people get those notes. It's wonderful. Mm. A little handwritten note is really nice to do for people. That's super Not cool. Not many people do that anymore. Super, super cool. I really cool. thought that was a great point. Uh, speaking of a kind note, this is a kind note from Stephanie Wright. Uh, Stephanie, I'm assuming you're from Clinton because that's where uh, you practiced before the Tri-Cities. But I want, I want to put that up there for you, Doc, so you can... Uh, you can check that out. That's got to make you feel good. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for, for putting that up. Oh, that is uh, very kind. Thank you. This isn't even my birthday. You know? <laughs> Thank you. Well, I, but what Thank I just you. said was, you know, my birthday's a, you know, as much about you as, as me. So thank you, Stephanie, for, uh, for putting that in there. Um, all right, you. let's get to Shauna's question for Leslie. Uh, Leslie has a 14 year old boy diagnosed ADHD says meds give him a headache. Do you recommend CBD for ADHD at his age? If so, what strength or how much would your CBD work? She's referring to the Dr. Rogers uh, CBD yeah. gummies. I like CBD for ADD in kids. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think of the dose. You know, the one I like, I'm not sure the milligrams on this one, but the one I like for focus is the, um, the one we had formulated, and we call it Dr. Rogers CBD energy CBD. Mm. And for me, I take it every morning. It just kind of gives me a focused energy, um, even better than coffee, which I drink some too, but, um, yeah, certainly be safe for him. And, you know, um, another thing you may try if the stimulants, you know, if it's not that severe and he doesn't need stimulants is, um, I like L tyrosine. That's a really good one that you could try. Um, and sometimes a combination of L-tyrosine in the morning and maybe even a little bit of L-tryptophan at night uh, if he has a hard time winding down at night. Uh, so try those two. Certainly, I like the energy CBD. I'm not sure how many, maybe if Katie's on here, she may know the milligrams of that, but it's just one gummy. Is this it right there? Uh, it's the watermelon, too. It tastes good. And I'm not sure. Does that say how many? Okay. Um, so it does say 750 milligrams yeah. of cannabinoids per pack. So yeah. Per pack. Yeah, so but 50, it's a 50, it's 50 milligram. Yep. It so has those three different types of uh, CBD in it. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd recommend that or maybe the, you know, maybe the uh, L-tyrosine. Um, there can be some good things to try for that, certainly. All right, Shauna, thank you so much. Uh, Leslie, thank you for being here. I hope that helps. I'm going to put this up here from uh, Katie. This is uh, Saffron. Um, we're getting some okay. questions in the comments about dosing. Saffron, 88.25 milligrams once or twice daily. Uh, thank you for that, Katie. Um, let's see here. Where are we at? Um, let's see. A lot of great comments around Saffron. 
Um, let's get to Bianca's here. Uh, MK7, is it 180MG or MCG? Um, I'm thinking it's milligram. I'll have to go look on my bottle. Um, all right. Well, we will, we will get to work. I'll, on... I'll get that to you, Bianca. I'll get that info to you. Uh, we will find that out for you, Bianca. MK7, 180 MG or MCG. Um, okay. Let's see if I can find my spot here. Uh, man, these comments are so great. Um, I'm going to get to, um, Jennifer's question here. Jennifer, thank you for hanging out with us tonight. Is it okay to take saffron with Levoxyl? I don't have a thyroid and I'm having trouble keeping my levels balanced, but I'm interested in trying saffron. What's your thoughts on this? Sure. Yeah, you definitely can. Just remember, don't take anything. When you take your thyroid medications, don't take anything besides water on an empty stomach for about an hour. Mm. Take that first thing. So don't mix any medicine or even food. Co black coffee is okay with your, with your thyroid. They just approved that this year and figured out it didn't matter black coffee, but, um, but yeah, you sure, you sure can just don't take it, uh, right around when you take the uh, Levoxyl. All right. Hopefully, uh, that's perfect. Thank you. Thank you, Jennifer, for that question. Great uh, answer there, doc. And I'm just going to remind everybody, uh, whether you're on Facebook or YouTube, pay attention to the comments. There's a lot of, uh, great information inside of the comments. I'm seeing Jack with L tyrosine, um, talking about how that works well for him. Thank you, Jack. Um, so pay attention to the comments, guys. A lot of great stuff going on in there. Um, Ginger yes, is asking, you would you please advise what you would recommend for high blood pressure? This is a, a common question uh, that you get. What's your, what's your thoughts on this? Um, you know, the first thing I would do is try to do things naturally, if you could. Um, it just depends on how severe it is. Um, you know, certainly if you can't get it down through the natural means like exercise, sleep, healthy eating, salt, only about 20% of people really are sensitive to salt. So some people are, but only 20%. So you might play around with it a little bit and certainly use sea salt like Redmond's Real Salt is my favorite. Um, but, you know, if you want to go all natural, if it's mild hypertension, you can certainly try garlic. You can certainly try hawthorn. Um, but if you have to go to a medication, then my favorite is, are the uh, ARBs, angiotensin uh, receptor blockers like Losartan, Ibisartan, Telmosartan, um, that group of medications, because I hardly ever see a side effect with them. And, you know, there was an interesting article that came out last week from the American Academy of Family Practice that I was interested in because you know how we keep downgrading. We want your blood pressure below 120 over 80. The lower, the better. That may not be so true. They did some long-term studies that showed the original under 140, under 90 is the, the long-term benefits from that are just as good as below 120 over 80. And a lot of times, if we get too aggressive with lowering your blood pressure, it can lead to other bad problems like side effects from medication, standing up and falling, especially as you get older. So 
you know, um, you don't have to get it below 120 over 80. Now, some societies may disagree with that, but I mean, your average American that takes high blood pressure medicine is on two and a half medications just for their high blood pressure. So again, if you can do it the natural way by exercising, eating right, getting a good amount of sleep, um, maybe some of the supplements, um, and it'd be better, but I always start out with a, an, like a low sartan type medication because I just rarely see a side effect and they're very protective um, against, uh, you know, for if you have diabetes, they protect your kidneys kind of like an ACE inhibitor would like lisinopril. I think lisinopril is the most commonly used blood pressure medicine. I would not take that personally because there's, I like the ARBs better. I think they're new and improved and they don't cause that life threatening angioedema. The reason I mentioned this is because I talked to one of my um, anesthesiologists um, this week and we were just talking about their day and they go, well, I had to, I had to go intubate a patient in the emergency room. The emergency room doctor couldn't get them intubated uh, because they had angioedema of the face from taking their first lisinopril tablet. Now, again, if you're on lisinopril and haven't had it, you're not going to get it. But new starts sometimes can have this life-threatening uh, angioedema. And this person had to be put on a ventilator because of it. And I've seen that before. So um, I don't like the ACE inhibitors for that. I like the ARBs much better. They're, they're way less side effects and same protective effect uh, as the ACE inhibitors. But... You know, then I move on to maybe different ones. It just depends um, on how severe the hypertension is. Sometimes we do have to use more than one medication, but that's a really good question. A really good question. Uh, thank you for, for that, Ginger. And I'm going to put this up for, um, well, let's see here. We're getting a couple comments uh, around this topic. Uh, Johnny's saying Bragg's ACV with water helps my blood pressure and diabetes. Uh, thank you for putting that in there, Johnny. And Lisa's kind of following up. Do you like teresamide better than lisinopril? Am I pronouncing that right? Terosamide. Terosamide. Yeah, that's it. Works differently. So yeah, lisinopril is not my favorite. Okay. Those are, those are two different acting medications, but yeah. All right. I don't I'm, use it a lot, but I'm gonna get to to Lisa's question here. Then I'll get to Mark's. Um, my thyroid meds were adjusted approximately two months ago. I am feeling very fatigued, tired, not sleeping well, and anxious. Would the change in thyroid meds cause these feelings? I don't have a thyroid and only have a partial parathyroid. Um, I, this is going to pertain to a lot of people who are on thyroid medications. Uh, yeah. what, what's your thoughts yeah. on this? You got to get that rechecked and see if it's out, if mm. it's working right. You need to make sure they check your free, free T3 as well as your TSH and free T4 and um, look at that. And if you can't get it straight, maybe even check a reverse T3. Sometimes that has more affinity for the receptor sites than the T3 in itself. So, um, if there's any questions, get that reverse T3 checked as well, but yeah, you got to get in there and get it checked. I usually check them about six weeks after I change somebody's medication, mm. uh, because it can certainly cause those symptoms high or low. All right, Lisa, thank you so much. And thank you as always for, for sharing uh, the show. 
Let's get to, to Mark's here. I think this is a really fun one. Uh, CVS and OptumRx announced nationwide closings and, closings and layoff of the home compounded IV infusion treatments. 30,000-plus Americans rely on these treatments for survival. Question is, what suggestions do you have on finding alternative sources of these types of treatments? And I think this just happened. Um, yeah, I didn't know that. But, um, yeah, there's there's other infusion centers around the country. Um, certainly there's one here in Kingsport. I forget the name of it, but um, there are companies that will do it, and I'm sure they'll There'll be a lot that I'll open up after that, but um, it's really interesting um, that they would do that. You must have to do something with money, wouldn't you think? <laughs> uh, hopefully. CVS is not making enough money. <laughs> it's probably because they, they make too much on the medicines. I told you that story about a few weeks ago. I had a guy that came in with narcolepsy and I prescribed provigil for him. So he goes to CVS and he gets it filled, calls back. And we didn't get it filled because he called me back and said, I can't afford this medicine. Generic modenafil, provigil. And this is going to, they were going to charge him $850 a month for it for a maintenance medication that he needed. So I said, hang on, there's no way that, so sure enough, it was eight fifty. So we called around um, and looked on GoodRx. It was thirty five dollars at Food City, thirty five versus eight fifty. Somebody's a, getting away with mass robbery there, and I think it's <laughs> called CVS, who who own all the PBM, the pharmacy benefit managers, that used to squeeze them out. So they just bought them, so they control the whole thing. It's like a monopoly. So. Use GoodRx or Amazon or Mark Cuban's new thing. Just shop around for the yep. prices of these drugs. But, um, well, you and, know. And that's something that, you know, we've talked a lot about. And, and hopefully, you know, an, an, another way that this show can really help and and how valuable, you know, the people in the, the here with us live are in terms of the comments. Um, you know, one of the things you can do to take control of your health is by taking a look at your medication, shopping around, seeing what the alternatives are. You know, I think all of this is a big part of uh, taking control of your health. So, uh, so thank you, Mark, for for kind of starting up this conversation. And you know, we'll probably be talking more about, you know, where you can find certain things, maybe a little bit cheaper. But I think a, a big thing is just paying attention to it. And and yeah. and that's what the the thing that GoodRx has done is like uh, provide a place where people can kind of you know, a marketplace where people can, you know, shop around a bit. I'll tell you what, there's a revolution that's going to go on. It's already starting. You can tell it. Um, a lot of one trend that I think is going to come is less people are going to want to go to the hospital. Mm. Um, and I think there's going to be more outpatient care in the home. And it should be that way. I mean, I, I, people do not want to go to the hospital these days. Look at what's, what's happened the last three years. I mean, you know, and certainly if you do have to go to the hospital, take a family member with you yeah. that knows something about medicine and ask questions and, you know, hopefully avoid going in the hospital. Um, it's, you know, for emergencies and things like that. So, um, 
All right. Thank you for, for that, Mark. And, and of course, if the, you know, if there is an emergency, you need to go to the, the emergency room, of course. Um, I'm going to put this up from Ginger just because uh, this is uh, uh, a topic we love talking about. Um, I can't be in any one of our offices without hearing, uh, you know, someone downstairs talking uh, to somebody about LDN. LDN is just uh, amazing. Would you give just a few of the benefits of LDN? Yeah, low-dose naltrexone. Naltrexone is a medication in high doses we give to, to block the highs that people get from opiates and also alcohol. Um, you know, I put somebody on that last week for that. It's working for them. Um, but, you know, for low-dose naltrexone, it does a completely different thing. It's very safe. Um, it doesn't block down opiates or alcohol, but it does kind of trick your brain into releasing more endorphins. So I found it very useful for inflammation in general, um, and specifically for people that have autoimmune diseases. Um, we've seen just some amazing results for people that have, like I have one lady that's 40 years old, early 40s, that um, was on some heavy hitters for her. She has both rheumatoid arthritis and what else? she had uh, rheumatoid and um, I don't think it was scleroderma, well, lupus. It was lupus, rheumatoid arthritis and lupus, systemic lupus, and didn't like the side effects of methotrexate, even was on put on Humira, biologic, and just didn't like the way she feels, felt. So, I put her on LDN and she got, she was off. She was feeling in total remission. You know, that, that was a great story, but we see this a lot and we, you know, it works great for a lot of things. I put some people on it for weight loss. I put some people on it to help them sleep better. I put some people on it that have osteoarthritis. Um, it's look up LDN. You can get on their newsletter. There was a worldwide form of, people that talk and research LDN mm. and it's really underutilized. Most doctors don't even know it's available um, because, you know, you usually get it through a compounding pharmacy. So, you know, if there's no money in it for big pharmaceutical companies, um, they're not interested in it. I know I'm trashing pharmaceutical companies <laughs> and CVS is tonight, but why not? It's your birthday. You know, <laughs> let's have a good time. We're having we're having fun tonight, guys. Uh, it's my birthday. We're we're just gonna we're gonna have these conversations. Um, you know, if I were if I were in your living room tonight, this is the exact conversation we'd be having. So I'm pumped that uh, we get to uh, share it with with our friends here. Uh, Katie, saying micrograms. The, okay, all right. Uh, Thank the, you. The yeah. MK7 is 180 yeah. micrograms MCG. Yeah. Just want to put that up for the for the YouTube. Uh, folks in here. Um, all right. Uh, oh, Carter, thank you. I really appreciate that. You, Everybody's been so nice uh, today. I've gotten so much love through text. You know, gosh, everyone here in the comments uh, calls. Thank you guys so much. We, I, I truly do appreciate it. Um, all right, we're going to take a few more. I'm going to put this up here from Deborah. This is super interesting. With eScript, hard to shop around. I prefer paper RX and then call around for best price. Cool, like that. Docs are strongly encouraged to eat prescribed. Yes, yes, they are. Um. <laughs> I don't like. I don't do e-scribe. I just write. I do paper, paper charts, paper notes, 
paper prescriptions. Of course, I'm old fashioned, but I like that. I like that way. Sometimes things come around to the, the older way of doing things. And certainly I am old, so um, it's, it's hard for me to learn new tricks on that regard. But um, I just uh, like it that way. I think it's more plus, you know, nobody else. It's not on the computer. Your information's not out there for everybody else to see. <laughs> uh, Robin, you're so sweet. Thank you so much. I love you. Uh, thank you for being here, Robin Rule in our Knoxville office. Uh, Amber, man, you know, Ava and Isla, thank you so much. I'd like to wish Ava and Isla an early birthday. I know they've got a, uh, I believe it's a ninth birthday coming up. Uh, they are one of my favorite twins. So huge shout out to Ava and Isla. I hope you guys have a wonderful birthday week. Uh, I'm going to be celebrating with you because um, if you're anything like me, birthdays last the whole week. They're, this is not the end of my birthday tonight. Um, it's going to keep going. Uh, thank you, Rachel. I love you. Thank you. Rachel's in our Johnson City Clinic. we got so much of our team here tonight. Gosh, I love you guys. We thank you all for being we with did. us. And uh, you know, after a, a long day in the office helping people, don't you all get tired of us during the day? I mean, I, I mean this is just, we're tuning in tonight. This is incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Amber saying it's a birthday month. I agree. I agree. I think, you know, February is, February is just one of those months we should just celebrate the whole time. Uh, it is. it's a good, <laughs> it's president's birthdays, Lincoln and Washington. Uh, tell Robbie, Hey, for me, uh, Rachel, thank you so much. Uh, I love you both. Um, okay, so we are, uh, let's see here. <laughs> I like the way Mark put this. Today we are celebrating your 37 years, but your 18 years with 19 of experience. Uh, this That's is a good way to put that. This is so true. This is so true. Yeah. Uh, well, Pop, how, how do you think we did with the show tonight? I thought we did. I think we did real good. We wrapped it up because I know you want to go eat <laughs> with your friends and, uh, down on Market Square, wherever you're going in Knoxville. I, I'm so. actually I'm heading uh, I'm heading to Yeehaw Brewery in Knoxville, oh. Tennessee. Uh, it's brand brand new, I believe. Um, uh, they have one in Johnson City, where we're from, and uh, they just opened up one in Knoxville. So I'm gonna uh, go check that out. So if anybody uh, is around the North North Knoxville area, say hello. Um, but Pop, man, this has been great. I like. I haven't gotten to see you in person today, and this is this is just as good. I got uh, to hug mom. I uh, had a really great hug with mom today, actually, before she went back. So, mom, uh, thank you for that. I needed that. I loved it. Uh, thank you, Chuck. I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Um, but, man, everyone, everyone, thank you all for being here. Thank you for hanging out with Dad and I uh, on my birthday. This has been uh, one that... Uh, I certainly won't forget. Is 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 Ike going to say happy birthday? Because he's the one person who is um, not. I know. Where is Ike? It, I haven't gotten any love. Ike, no. Any, any love. From Don't go away. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.